Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, I am excited for another month with you and this month I am probably the most excited I've been for any of the episodes to come out. I'm just so excited to share this episode with you. This is probably the one I'm most proud of so far. I am going to get the most vulnerable, open, and honest in this episode. I decided that it's important for me to share a part of my story that when I started this podcast, I didn't think that I would ever be sharing this story or that this story would be a part of my story. And last year I took a break, as many of you know who have been following me since the beginning. I took a few months off from the podcast and then when I came back I decided to do monthly episodes instead of weekly for my sanity. And I'm going to share today why that was such an important move for me. I think that it's important to say that this episode is for mature audiences and there's going to be topics that are talked about that are not for children. And so if you have kiddos listening while you're listening to this, maybe pop some earbuds in and listen that way. Earbuds. I have AirPods, so I call them earbuds. Pop some earbuds in or listen at a different time. So with that, let's get started. Today marks one year since I declared myself 5150 and went into a mental hospital for five days. At the time, I felt very suicidal And I had a lot of thoughts and plans for harming myself, which I had never experienced that type of low in my life. I was scared. I was scared that I was going to hurt myself or that I would hurt someone else. And I had my young son at home and my husband, and I was losing my grip on reality and I could feel it. And so I kept going to the emergency room over and over. I had some physical issues going on at the time. I had a really, really intense infection that I had to be on very strong antibiotics. And those antibiotics, unfortunately, were not jiving with my anti-anxiety, anti-depression medicine. I had to go off of my medication to be on the antibiotic. And so I went cold turkey off my medication that I had been on for three years. And I was trying to get sober off of marijuana after a 10 year long addiction to marijuana. And I was not being very successful, but I was definitely going through withdrawals because I kept going to the emergency room and 
once the first three emergency room visits in five days, they took care of all the physical issues and I still wasn't feeling better. Then I started checking myself in for mental health because I was scared for my life. And that's what leads me to this topic in this episode. And I want to share something that's very vulnerable for me to share, like I said, but also I know that I'm not the only person that's experienced this and I want to be open and upfront about my mental health and what happened with me so that maybe I can bring awareness to others so that if they have a loved one that goes through the same experience I went through or they go through it themselves, they have a little understanding of what's going on because it took me a long time to figure out what happened. And even preparing for this episode and researching, I learned so much about what I was experiencing and what I went through and what really happened in that month period that changed my viewpoint on life and mental health and really how fragile things can become. So this week's episode is on hashtag psychosis. I experienced psychosis, and for some reason that's really hard for me to say. I was not aware that anybody could experience psychosis in the right situation. I didn't know that someone who was fully functioning working full-time, providing for a family, raising a child, and being a part of the community, and just being fully functional to the outside world could experience psychosis. I didn't know that having a lack of sleep for weeks because I was having physical pain from my infection and everything that was going on physically with my body would affect me so greatly. I didn't know that attempting to get sober from marijuana, but also using very potent marijuana because I was in pain at that time could cause psychosis. I didn't know that people who smoked marijuana at all could have psychosis. I didn't know what declaring a 5150 and going to a mental hospital and being around people that are experiencing psychosis for five days would do to my mental health and stability. I didn't know that I was in psychosis until I was out of psychosis. And now I can see that psychosis happens to people and they could be the most functioning person in the world. They could have everything together and it could occur. But there's a lot of ways to prevent psychosis and there's a lot of awareness that could be brought to that condition. And just because you experience a bout of psychosis or a period of psychosis does not mean that you have to have any other labels attached to it. You can just merely have the right concoction for it to occur, and it can turn your life upside down. 
it will turn your life upside down. And I'm here to say that you can recover and you can build something beautiful from the ashes of that. And I'm going to share with you guys today about my experience and probably the scariest, most challenging time in my life. And when I talk to my loved ones, one of the most challenging times in their lives as well to watch that happen, to be a part of something where they couldn't do anything about it. And I was just in that journey. Psychosis is a severe mental disorder in which thoughts and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external reality. According to the Canadian Mental Health Association, psychosis is often described as a loss of reality because it makes you experience or believe things that aren't real. It can change the way you think, act, feel, or sense things. It can be very scary and confusing and can significantly disrupt your life. I'm one person that experienced psychosis, but I can't imagine it not significantly disrupting your life. Yeah, like I said, this is this is really hard to put out there, but I think it's really important to talk about. I want people to normalize talking about mental health issues and their struggles and people to know that they're not alone when they go through things. And I started attending Marijuana Anonymous meetings pretty much right after I got out of the hospital, the mental hospital last year. And I was one of those people who believed that marijuana wasn't a drug that you could have issues from, that you don't have withdrawals, that you can't have psychosis, that it's a medicine and it does nothing but help you and only has positive effects. And I was very, very deeply in an addiction with marijuana for 10 years, and I had no idea the effects it could have on me. And when I got into the rooms and I learned that other people experienced psychosis due to marijuana use, I don't believe that that was the only part of the concoction for my psychosis, but I do believe it played a part, a big part. And realizing that other people had that experience was so powerful to me that it made me want to share this journey with you, especially it being the one-year anniversary of me going to the hospital and, and experiencing this. I think it's the perfect time to to share about my story in, in hopes that it will touch someone else. And I just really hope that people understand that they're not alone in this and that there's other people that have this experience. And sometimes talking about these things, there's so much shame involved in it because I wasn't myself for that time in psychosis. I mean, obviously it changed everything about me and I carry so much shame with the way that my illness affected everyone around me, even myself and my son and my family members and them having to see me in that much of a fragile state was so shameful that it's hard to talk about. But if we don't talk about it, then people feel alone and they don't realize that they're not the only ones having this experience. Psychosis is not a disease or disorder itself. People often think only people with schizophrenia experience psychosis. That is not true. 
Psychosis is a syndrome or group of syndromes. Some warning signs that could be experienced prior to psychosis occurring are depression, anxiety, feeling like your thoughts have slowed down or sped up, or feeling not like yourself. And like I said, when I was going in to the hospital, to the emergency room over and over, I was just not feeling like myself. I was feeling very detached from myself and having thoughts I'd never had before. That was like the main thing that was like, I just didn't feel right. I, I felt very, very suicidal. Honestly, I'm proud of myself that I kept going, even though when I got to the hospital, they kept saying like, they're going to flag you because you keep coming into the emergency room, but it's, I truly needed help. And they didn't figure out I needed mental help. And I do have a hard time that I had to 5150 myself and like I had to go to the extreme to be able to get help. But I did need that help and I was at that extreme. For someone who's going through an experience like that, I really think there's a lot of work that could be done with making access to resources for mental health a lot easier would be really helpful because I had to fight really hard to get help. When describing psychosis in the medical field, it divides symptoms by positive and negative symptoms. This is not the same as positive and negative attributes. Positive symptoms add things like thoughts and behaviors, and negative symptoms take something away. Some positive symptoms of psychosis include delusions, which is a strong belief in something that is not true, often the belief that someone is watching you. Hallucinations, things you sense that aren't really there. Hallucinations can be experienced with any of the five senses. Speech is so jumbled or illogical, no one can understand it. You have a hard time organizing or completing tasks and don't act the way you used to. You may have a hard time performing daily tasks. Movements are very slow, awkward, and rigid, or very fast. Some negative symptoms of psychosis can vary greatly. Some examples include little display of emotions, general reduction in speech, few gestures, difficulty thinking or coming up with ideas, decreased ability to initiate tasks, lowered level of motivation or drive. I can only share my experience. And my experience with psychosis was that when I was in the hospital, they were giving me a medication in the emergency room and at the mental hospital that my body reacts the opposite to. It was something, it's a sedative that is supposed to relax you and help you sleep. And it was keeping me awake and making me very anxious and have more of a panic attacks. And it was just very intense for me. And I had an adverse reaction to the medication. That's what they call it when your body does the opposite of what's supposed to happen. And because of that, I think that exacerbated my symptoms. So when I was in the hospital, the first parts of the psychosis for me were that I thought that I was in an escape room. I thought that I had to complete certain tasks and do certain things so that I could get out. So I spent the whole five days trying to solve puzzles and do exactly the right thing so I could get out of the facility. And by the end of it, I thought that 
all of the employees were part of the federal government and that the FBI was after me and that I thought that all the patients in the facility were my friends and allies trying to help me get out and the employees were against me and trying to hold me hostage there. So when I left the facility, I took a Uber home because it was three hours away from my house, the hospital, and my husband had my son. So I took a Uber that they provided. I was 100% convinced that the Uber was an FBI agent and he locked the windows on me. The seatbelt kept locking on me. So I felt like I was being restrained for three hours. And that whole three hours, he was playing the radio. I thought the radio was talking to me and it was the people at the mental hospital were talking to me through the radio. Then I got home and my son was watching Super Why, this show. It's like all about words and you find the code words. I thought that was the mental hospital talking to me and I had to be able to tell them the correct word in the show for them to leave me alone. So I escaped the mental health facility. I finally got out. I completed the task to get out. And then I thought that I needed to complete tasks at home to get them to stop following me. I recognized as soon as I got home that I had Alexas all over the house. And I thought that they were listening to me. So I was unplugging them over and over. And I was very paranoid that the FBI was watching me and that they let me out of the hospital because they wanted me to advocate for mental health. Because I was very angry when I got in the hospital about how hard it was to get help for me having a mental health crisis. And as a social worker, I could not believe how hard it was to get the help I needed. And so I was like, things need to change And I remember in the hospital them being like, people are going to think you're just here for like a purpose of like trying to make change because you work in this field. And I took that as that the government was angry at me because I was voicing how it shouldn't be the way it was and it shouldn't have been so hard for me to get the help I needed. And so I wanted to make changes in the mental health field. And so they were tapping into my Alexas and the FBI had a case open against me because they were worried about what I was going to do. So the three-hour drive home from the hospital, I thought all of the cars on the freeway, which was a ton of cars, were parading me home and they were all FBI. Every white vehicle was FBI. And let me tell you, there are so many white vehicles, like so many. Because every time I went out of my house, every time I saw a white vehicle, I thought it was the FBI following me. And this went on for almost a month. So there was a lot of paranoia. So that that goes with the paranoia of someone watching you. I thought that they were in my TVs. I thought every TV show was the FBI talking. I would talk to the TV. I would respond to it. I didn't listen to my favorite podcast for that month because I thought that it was the FBI talking to me. When I first started going to Marijuana Anonymous meetings, they're all on Zoom because of COVID. I thought that everyone was holograms and FBI agents sitting, not everyone, but most of the 
people in the group were FBI agents. And I thought that all birds were, I thought crows were police officers and blue jays were FBI agents and they were little animatronic birds that were watching me. I thought that every 30 minutes they had an airplane fly over the house to check on me. And at the time I was still actively smoking weed. So every time I'd hear the airplane, if I was smoking in the backyard, I would run and hide my stash because I didn't want the FBI to see me smoking, which is really silly because there was a lot of birds in the backyard watching me smoke weed too. And they obviously were going to report to the FBI if they were the animatronic birds that I thought they were. I... I'm getting into this detail because I think it's important for people to understand where I was in my head. A lot of this stuff I didn't share at the time with my family members. I thought if I admitted that I was smoking weed, which everyone in my family knew I smoked weed prior to being sick. But once I thought the FBI was on to me, I thought I could get in big trouble for smoking weed. And so like I was hiding that from everyone. Oh, but it turns out that the reason the airplanes were flying over every 30 minutes was because I lived next to an airport. But that was neither here nor there at the time. Like, I was convinced that they were following me. I thought they were in the mirrors in the bathrooms in my bedroom. Like, I could not get away from them. I had a Fitbit watch. Couldn't wear that, so I got my husband to give me his regular battery-operated watch to wear while I was sick. I thought there was, like, some type of ghost in the house that was plugging in Alexa because every time I'd unplug her, I'd come back and she'd be plugged back in. Turns out that my husband was plugging it back in over and over. I would go in my bedroom for hours and organize things and I would find things. Like I found a folder with my information, my birth certificate, an application for a passport, and like some things that I obviously organized it like that. My husband got his passport and I need to still get mine. And I took that as the FBI telling me that I need to get out of the country. And then I found this pamphlet that had like camping stuff. It was like all these campsites that we have a membership to. And I took that as like, I need to camp for a while until I can get out of the country, until I can get my passport. And so, like, I would come out of the room and be like, when are we going camping? When are we doing this? When are we going to the beach? I would think that they were telling me what to do based on the TV, the radio, anything that I could hear. I thought they were talking to me through hidden messages. And so then it was had to be really confusing to my husband and my family because I would be, like, having these crazy ideas that I thought I was being told to do by media, basically. So I was like really in my own world. And I would spend hours in the bedroom organizing things. And then I would move things and then I would find them later. Like I thought that there was an invisible agent that would, or someone would come in the room when I was outside and change things around and put things out. But it was all me doing it and not remembering that I did it. And then it was... It was psychosis. It was, I was really sick. And to the outside, I mean, I'm sure it was so hard. I know that it was very hard for my loved ones to watch happen. But for me, I felt like I was fighting for my life. I was trying to get them to stop following me. 
I was trying to do all the right things based on the codes they were giving me to get out of it. And there was no way out. The only way out was getting a psychiatrist and getting on medication that was helping me and not hindering me and getting off the medication that was making my psychosis worse and to quit smoking weed and to be sober. And that was the way out of the psychosis. And it lasted almost a month, like just like maybe three weeks. I wasn't able to work. I had no desire, the lack of motivation that comes with psychosis. I had no desire to go back to my job. I wanted to go work at Dutch Brothers or Trader Joe's and just have a very easy job. But I didn't have the motivation to actually apply for anything. I could barely get myself together. Like I would cook my meals. I was not capable of taking care of my son. He was solely, that was my husband's responsibility. I had, I couldn't hardly take care of myself. I finally convinced them to take me to the beach because I asked every day when we're going to the beach at 11 o'clock at night. So finally my husband planned a beach trip and then he's so used to me packing for my son and me. I packed hardly anything for my son and had like, I, I think I thought I was moving out. I brought like five bags for myself and hardly anything for my son. Like I was not capable of caring for anyone else. And the stuff I brought for myself didn't make sense. Like I didn't bring enough underwear, but I brought all my crystals and stones and tarot cards. Like it didn't make any sense, like whatsoever. It was very intense. And I think that's like the most detail I've gone into, like what it looked like for me. And there's like still so much more I could tell, but the picture I'm trying to paint is like, that's what psychosis looked like for me. And that's what was happening inside of my brain when I was experiencing those things. And like I said, I am a normally fully functioning human who has never had a history of schizophrenia, who's never had a history of psychoaffective disorder who for a second had a diagnosis of bipolar disorder when I did go to the hospital. But after a year, my psychiatrist does not believe that that was an accurate diagnosis for me. And I'm not on any medications for bipolar disorder, but I was on that medication. And I do think some of it did help me for that bout of psychosis. There's nothing against having mental health issues and having, and I do have, I I have anxiety. I have depression. I do have PTSD. I do have addiction that runs in me. I'm a codependent. I was a marijuana user, a heavy marijuana user for 10 years. I have a lot of things, but I think my point is, is that people put psychosis in such a small box of like, these are the people it happens to. And it's really not true. It can happen to anyone. It can happen to you. It can happen to your sibling. It can happen to your child. So knowing about it, I think, is important. Who is affected by psychosis? 3% of the population will experience psychosis. People who have a mental illness like schizophrenia is the most common cause of psychosis. Other disorders that can cause psychosis include schizoaffective disorder, severe mood disorder like depression or bipolar disorder. And like I said, 
just because you experience psychosis does not mean that you have some other underlying mental health disorder. Substance use can cause psychosis. Marijuana, cocaine, amphetamines, PCP, hallucinogens, sedatives. I am serious that I would have never thought that marijuana could cause psychosis. If I wasn't in the MA rooms and hearing other people's stories and having my own experience, I probably would think that is baloney. But the truth is the stuff is getting a lot stronger these days, a lot more potent, and we're seeing more and more of it. And so that's just my experience, and I think it's important to share. Certain physical injuries, diseases, or health conditions, such as a brain injury, can also cause psychosis. And intense stress can cause psychosis. There can be no other condition or disease involved, and a psychosis can occur when someone has a great deal of stress. And this kind of psychosis lasts less than a month. And I do think that like, I was so juiced on my, the podcast and I was pumping out an episode a week, recording, doing everything on my own, getting it started and working 40 hours a week and taking care of a two-year-old during a pandemic. I don't think that the stress level I put myself under because I wanted to create this podcast and I had everything else in life going on and I was applying for college at the time. And then I was dealing with a really, really intense infection and there was just a lot going on. There was issues going on. I mean, the pandemic itself was so stressful that I would be lying if I said that I don't think that stress was a part of it. I think that I am someone that can be overly functioning at times and I think I was overly functioning and I burn out the stress was not helpful in the situation for me. Psychosis is very different for each person. It always changes your personality and your abilities. If you are experiencing any or all of the following symptoms, it's important that you talk to your doctor or psychiatrist. So if you are hearing voices, thoughts are taking too long to form or come too fast together or don't form at all, you're having trouble remembering things, concentrating, or making decisions. You're acting differently or have a hard time completing tasks. Or you don't feel like talking much or people say they don't understand you or you're getting confused easily. That was another thing. I remember every person I encountered, the look of fear in their eyes when I would communicate with them haunts me to this day. Because to me, I was making perfect sense, but to them, I was talking about nonsense. I was irrational. I wasn't making any sense. I was all over the place. And I could just see the fear in their eyes of like seeing someone that was so capable be so, so sick. That's how we refer to it is when I was sick. Like, oh, when I was sick, that's what I say now. And I was, I was very mentally ill. And just seeing how other people took that as a codependent was so hard for me. It was so hard to see the fear and heartbreak of my loved ones, like not knowing how to, there was nothing they could do to change it or fix it. It was just something that I had to recover from and work on. I also got easily confused. Like they told me I was going to have a Zoom conference with my psychiatrist, which was like a month out from when I got out of the hospital. So I kept calling this telehealth company through my work, thinking that I was going to get the psychiatrist that they gave me. 
and like talking about all this crazy stuff. Like I was very confused. I wasn't, I was not capable of doing tasks that I was always capable of doing before. I couldn't get my disability going. I was just so incapable of doing anything that really, the things that really needed to get done, I couldn't, like my brain just could not do it. It's so debilitating that my psychosis was so debilitating and just like not being capable of doing things you have always done. And like, I feel like I took for granted how well my brain worked for so long. Now I realize how much mental health is important and how things can just change at the drop of a hat. Like it's really, really insane to me. The reason I'm talking about psychosis and being so vulnerable in this episode is that awareness sparks growth. And I may help someone detect psychosis early on. And that's really the key for me is that early detection can change things so much for someone. And the hardest thing and bravest thing that I have ever done was ask for help, was to go to the hospital over and over and to figure out how I could get help and to know I was sick. I don't know how I had the mental capability to do that in the state I was in. And psychosis is much easier to treat if you catch it early. If someone receives treatment the first time psychosis occurs, people are more likely to recover faster, experience fewer problems like depression, and fewer school, work, or social problems. With treatment, many people never experience psychosis again after recovering from their first episode. So let's talk about what treatment looks like. Treatment usually includes medications, counseling, education on psychosis, what it is, what we know about it, and how to avoid relapse, stress management, self-care, and social and life skill support. Resources on psychosis include the National Institute of Mental Health, which is at nimh.nih.gov. There's the Early Assessment and Support Alliance, which is easacommunity.org, which again, that's easacommunity.org. NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their helpline is 1-800-950-NAMI. What helped me the most to navigate how to get support when I needed it was calling the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Thank you so much for letting me share my experience with you guys. This was a really hard anniversary to come up on my my one-year anniversary of self proclaiming a 5150 and going into a hospital and experiencing psychosis. And honestly, I didn't really know how true of a psychosis I experienced until I started doing research on this episode and seeing that all of the symptoms that they outline are symptoms I was experiencing. And that it turned my life upside down. And I I didn't work for almost for about a month, five weeks. And then when I did go back to work, I had to go back slowly. And like coming back to reality after that experience was very odd. And I can tell you I'm nine and a half months into my sobriety. 
which I never thought that I would live without marijuana. Like I just thought it was a normal part of my life. I thought it was medicine to me, but I could not be here today without my support from MA and my sponsor and the community of that group and knowing and learning that I'm not alone and that addiction to marijuana is real. There are real consequences, mental health and physical consequences to being addicted to marijuana and just having the clarity and life I have today, I wouldn't have without that sobriety. And a lot of my codependent work with CODA I did when I was smoking marijuana. So this is the first time in my life I'm working the steps and doing recovery without any substances, really working my program. And I am so grateful for this podcast. And I hope that my experience in just sharing my story is helpful to one of you. And I'm really proud to say that I recovered from my psychosis and I still keep in touch with my psychiatrist and check in every few months. And I'm honestly on less medication than I was before I got sick. And I'm managing, I'm doing the things that I need to do to live a healthy lifestyle and to manage my anxiety and my stress levels and to be as healthy mentally and physically as possible. And I just am so grateful for this community and that I can share my experience and my story. And I know a lot of you probably, I kind of touched on a little bit of what I went through last year when I came back, but I really thought it was important to be open and honest about my experience. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you relate to anything in this podcast and you would love to just make my day it would be awesome if you went to apple Podcasts and wrote a review for the podcast it's super helpful that's what gets me out there and gets other people to recognize my podcast is through reviews on apple Podcasts. if you have any questions and comments for me directly you can dm me at beatrice underscore spills the beans on instagram or at codependency at beatrice spills the beans.com I am so thankful for my listeners. I love you guys so much. I appreciate all the DMs I get and all of the personal messages of how this podcast is helping you. Sometimes when I'm in this little closet, I don't know if it's making a difference, but I can say that it's very therapeutic for me and I'm going to keep doing it because I am fulfilled by it. I just love your guys' support so much. And like I said, if you could write a review, that would be super helpful. And just remember, awareness sparks growth, my friends. Thank you.